Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron Ladd. Oh, he did it! No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. I turned. Make sure I share it. Yeah, same here. I turned on. Well, you know, I didn't turn anything on. I was just scrolling through the podcast marketplace, and 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 there you are with a with a background and. You had a jersey. You look so smiley to be there. I'm like, Mark loves when he's on other platforms. Anytime you're on our platform, you know, you be quiet. What? <laughs> Anytime you go, you get on another platform, give away all the goods. I'm like, damn, Mark, come on, man. Wow. I give you all the exclusives. Come on, man. <laughs> Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. How you feeling, Mark? What number is Championship week. Yeah, man. We're finally here again. You know, the Arrowhead Invitational withholds. You know, no Atlanta for Aaron Ladd. No one going back to Georgia. I know you were a little bummed out about that. You you will I know you why are you smiling when you say it? You know what? I, I know you how badly you want to go back home. You'd have to pay for the trip. It would have been on the company, cover the Chiefs. I mean, it's a it would have been a win-win. It is. A, it's still a win-win, Mark. I'm still getting to cover an AFC title well, game. I'm saying, but you're not going back home to Georgia. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's all right. You know, Atlanta always finds a way to lose a championship game, and this how this this time <laughs> managed to catch some more strays. Uh, Buffalo didn't didn't pull their in, but Kansas City's here, and we're going to preview the AFC title game, of course, here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. What the Chiefs have to do. To advance to the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. We'll go to Vegas, get Mark's picks um, after a so-so week for him last week. Of course, we'll talk ankle watch 2023. Um, Patrick Mahomes obviously sustained a high ankle sprain in the win over Jacksonville. We'll give you the latest on that and then kind of go under the hood on, on what Kansas City can do to help their injured quarterback in this game. And then what went wrong with Buffalo, man? It, it seemed like all year long we were talking about Chiefs and Buffalo. Mark Gunnels is going to put on his doctor stethoscope and, and and give us a little obituary for uh, for for Buffalo season this year. You good, man? Episode forty two. I, I heard you ask which episode it was. Who who whose jersey is that? Forty two. These numbers are so ugly. It's disgusting, man. Anthony, that's like a fullback. Anthony Sherman, maybe is this the Sherman yeah. ep- is the Sherman episode. I feel like he was 40. He is 40. Yeah, I think so. The Charmander. I, I like to call this the Bet the House edition. I mean, we, we, we got the same. Uh, Bet the, the house, right. <laughs> Here we go, sir. The yes, indeed. That's where that's where Chiefs Coast to Coast got their initial got their initial branding. Is this it's matchup almost, right here? Almost the one year anniversary. I don't I don't think it's the same date, obviously, but obviously the same week. So yeah. How will you be celebrating? Uh, it's nothing to celebrate, so uh, <laughs> I will say this though: I will not be using those terms in this episode. I will say that you learned your lesson. Yeah, for hundred percent, hundred percent. Clinton Petrie already rocking with us on YouTube. Says, "What's up, fellas? Yo, yo, yo! If you want to chime in, we love making y'all part of the show." Eight one six five one four one two six seven is our voicemail line. We'll get to some sound as well as your comments, voicemails, comments, criticisms, concern. It's a big week, man. We're going to try and give y'all everything y'all need to know about this matchup. 
as Kansas City tries to get back to the Super Bowl. Let's hop into preview, Miss Ian, and preview the divisional round. Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. Chiefs defeat the Jaguars 27-20 in the AFC Divisional Round on Saturday. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes sustained a high ankle sprain midway through the first quarter. And that first drive that Kansas City won on, I don't think you could have scripted it any better. From there, things get a little dicey. We'll talk quickly about the Mahomes ankle injury here and then, of course, give you a little bit more in our game preview later. Trevor Lawrence, an okay day, I guess, 24 for 39, 217, a touchdown and an interception. Really, the big day belonged to Travis Kelsey, and we mentioned in our preview him needing to uh, help break out in a big way, breaking that touchdown slump that he was on. He scores 17 targets for Big Kelsey and pulls in 14 catches, which I think is the most in a playoff game for a tight end, breaking his own record of 13. Isaiah Pacheco, in his first career playoff game, doesn't look like a seventh-round rookie. 12 carries, 95 yards, and at times I wished he had gotten a few more carries, but we'll touch on that a little bit later. And then, of course, Jacksonville with two turnovers. Mark, out of all of those things we just mentioned, let's start with the Mahomes ankle injury. Just very quickly, how it impacted the divisional round game before we talk later in the show about how it'll impact the championship round. Yeah, so like you mentioned, I mean, that first drive, you probably couldn't script it any better. And, you know, I, I really believe if it wasn't for that ankle injury, we would have saw one of those Mahomes games where he throws for over 300 yards, three touchdowns. I really think it was trending in that direction. Obviously, when he went down, things slowed down. Shout out to Chad Henney, though, uh, that 98-yard drive. He didn't have to do too much, but he did make some key quick throws on third down on that drive to keep the drive alive. Pacheco obviously was running the ball very well. I think that was a very pivotal moment in that game to kind of stabilize things, right? You, you score on that drive. 98 yards, you go back up 10 at that point. Now everybody can kind of calm down. And not to mention, you buy Mahomes a little bit more time, right? Because if you're, let's say you do a three and out there, you're backed up in your own end zone. And with Agnew, the way he can return, I mean, they're probably going to have really good field position on that. He can probably even score. I mean, he almost broke a couple on the kick returns in that game. So that was a very, very vital moment in the game. And I think, obviously, I think that, bought more time, allowed Mahomes not to come back until after halftime. And then at that point, I think the game was kind of under control for the most part. You know, the Jags were obviously in the game. They had a fumble late, but I never truly felt that the Chiefs were going to lose that game. I I think the Jags did enough to keep it close, keep it interesting, but I knew it. I had a feeling at the end, they just, they're young. They weren't even supposed to be here before the year, man. They already overachieved. They won a playoff game. I think that's one of those games where they'll look back on next year and you'll see them be one of those teams that's a sexy pick to go far in the AFC. Yeah, and we'll touch on their future a little bit later. Uh, You mentioned the Chad Henney drive, and and you're right. The timing of it was everything. The score, 10-7 to at the time. Chiefs had the ball in their two-yard line, and Chad Henney goes 12 plays, 98 yards in six minutes and five seconds to take it to 17-7, to the capper that Kelsey touched down. And what is it about Chad Henney in these divisional rounds, man? Henney given Saturday, you had to have a – we talked all the time about uh, maybe Mahomes needs a more uh, agile quarterback, somebody who can move around a little bit more and kind of create in a similar way that 15 does. But, hey, a 37-year-old guy, journeyman guy, is the one in, the, in one of your most pivotal points of the game, of your season that comes through. 
and helps delivers for Kansas City. Andy Reid talked about his veteran presence. Um, the guys knowing what to expect when he comes in. The moment's not too big for him. And that's all you can really ask for from a backup quarterback in this position. We hadn't seen Chad Hitty pretty much all year. I mean, he came in some mop-up duties in some situations. I think he maybe came in late in the 49ers game and some situations where we knew the game was over. Um, but for him to come in cold pretty much in this situation, and you saw on the broadcast – Mahomes not wanting to come out of the game, the, the kind of chess and cat and mouse game of trying to hit, get him to go back and take the x-ray just so that they can see where he kind of is at in that situation. And, and, and really quickly, another thing on the, on the ankle, he, he wasn't 100%. I mean, he, he, he was hurting the team at that point in time, right? Like almost the stubbornness of I'm going to stay in by any means necessary. Um, it, not being able to plant fully, not even being able to hand off the ball. I saw you tweeted off. Um, Henny being in, in that situation and the confidence that you got from him leading that 98 yard drive, uh, crucial man, season saving almost. Yeah, we need to start calling Chad Henny divisional round Henny. The second time he's done it, came in and crucial points, made key plays, nothing flashy, but he got the job done, didn't turn the ball over. The guy, like you said, he's 36 years old, he understands the playbook, he's been around for a while now. I think that's vital. When I'm looking at a backup quarterback, I want a guy that used to be a starter, you know, a veteran presence, a guy that is going to come to work every day anticipating that he's going to play, right? Because if you're a backup, you're one play away. You're always one play away from At all times. At all times, so you have to stay ready. So I prefer my backup to always be that grizzly, old, wily veteran Used to be a starter back in the day, but it's still a guy that's capable of coming in and spot up duty. And that's exactly what Chad Henney did. Last thing on Henney here, and I know we're all expecting Mahomes to go. He's talking at the podium, yada, yada. What's your confidence level in Henney being a guy beyond a spot starter, beyond kind of a bullpen guy where you know, hey, just finish out this game and then we can get back to 15. What's your confidence if um, he were to have to play in, let's say, a Super Bowl type scenario, Mark Gunnels? Well, it depends on how healthy the team is around him. And it looks like right now everybody's healthy or at least everybody's going to give it a go. That's what it looks like. So if I have a full unit around him, I, I like my offensive line. I know the tackles are a little questionable, but you have a good running game when you stick to it and you have a full complement of weapons and you have the ultimate security blanket, which is vital for a backup quarterback in Travis Kelsey. And we know the tight end is always the ultimate security blanket. So my confidence level would be, I mean, it's, it's probably as good as you can get for a backup quarterback. You know, obviously, I'm not going to feel confident that we can win a full game with Chad Henney at quarterback. But considering all those factors with the talent around him, the offensive line, and I think the main thing I didn't even mention yet is the play caller and Andy Reid. I think you will have a puncher's chant. Uh, 37-year-old quarterback drives the field 98 yards in that in that game, but he's not the only unsung hero, if you will. Obviously, Isaiah Pacheco, a seventh-round rookie, led the way on the ground for Kansas City. And then Jalen Watson, another seventh-round rookie, comes down with an interception. I want to highlight Travis Kelsey because it's, the numbers are just absurd at this point. A couple more stats on just what he's done and what he continues to do over his now future Hall of Fame career. Only tight end with multiple 10-catch games in postseason play. He's won 100-yard receiving games shy of Jerry Rice for most all-time. That would be six. And then versus Jacksonville, that was his seventh straight game with over 95 receiving yards. 
that also is an NFL record. We, we were talking previewing about the, the the touchdown drought and obviously the fumble he had against Cincy. Now we're going to talk about that in preview a little bit later. What is Kelsey? Can you, can you say anything more about what he's done and what he adds to this team? Or is it all add another ring to that legacy and, and, and resume? I mean, yeah, I think it's the latter at this point. I don't know any more adjectives we can use to describe how amazing this guy's been. And, you know, we always want to have these debates if he's the greatest tight end of all time. I think he's certainly in the top five for sure, probably top three. And then you go from there. Uh, if he gets another ring, then, you know, the conversation even strengthens a little further in his is his case, right, for the argument of being the GOAT tight end. But it's just amazing to me, especially – we know we talk about it all year about not having Tyreek Hill. You would think teams would just be able to take him out the game, right? And say, I dare you to beat us with these other guys, you know, even though I think they are capable of receivers, but they're not Tyreek Hill. And so it's amazing the considering the attention that he gets in the game plan every single week. And he always finds a way to still get open. It's one of the most mind-boggling things. And I see opposing fans always on Twitter, like, how is he always open when you know the ball is going to him? It's really crazy. But I really think it's because the synergy that him and Mahomes have together, the fact that Travis Kelsey used to be a quarterback. So I really believe that he has a his level of IQ and knowing the soft spots and knowing where to be at the right time. And then Mahomes, we saw them mic'd up before where Kelsey was like, how'd you know I was going to go there? And Mahomes was like, I knew you were going to be right there. Right. Like we've seen that plenty of times. So I really believe it's just a combination of all those things together of why he's just always open. Danny B is rocking with us on YouTube says all roads go through Kelsey leading the way you know you know Andy Reid went through this whole thing in the aftermath of Tyree Kill of hey you're not going to figure us out we're going to throw a lot of different looks at you one game it's going to be MVS one game is going to be Juju it might be Pacheco and McKinnon down the stretch leading the way and then you know old reliable comes back around playoff time 17 targets for Kelsey in this one and a lot of them uh, that that first drive where we talk about Mahomes being so outstanding and so consistent a lot of Kelsey on that drive, five targets, four catches, uh, and, and the score, it, it's established to Kelsey, the winning recipe for, for, for Patrick Mahomes. And I wonder if now that it's winning time, now that it's gut check time, now that it's nut crunch time, whatever you want to call it, um, I wonder who's going to be the other guy that steps up. Because there were times in that game, especially when Mahomes was hobbling, and you knew he couldn't necessarily get the ball deep. Um, it, it was Kelsey. It was Kelsey. So who else is going to help fit in that mix? Is it Juju? Is it McKinnon? I think that's going to play a factor come Sunday. This is quickly related to the Jags. Sort of just threw established to Kelsey. Uh, established to, that's going to be my new don't take it for granted as well. Established to Kelsey uh, for sure. This is quick. Two teams that Kansas City has seen and and, and people have, will like to pick, pick as their secret team going forward, if you will. Um, the question was brighter future, in your opinion, Jags or Chargers. And, and those two played very well against each other. Obviously, the 27-point comeback. Maybe you see L.A. this time in a different uh, universe. It was Jacksonville because they they stormed back. But in your opinion, Mark Gunnels, who do you think is is, is the one that Kansas City sees again uh, going forward? Mm, that's a good question. I like that one. I'm probably going to have to lean Chargers just because they fired their O.C. I think that was a major problem with their offense. It was a lot of uh, short check down stuff. They weren't utilizing Justin Herbert's arm 
push the ball down the field. And it doesn't help that they don't have speedy receivers. You know, everybody talks about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and they're really good in their own right. But those guys aren't going to beat you over the top. You're right. So their offense is very suppressed. And then when you consider that they are in L.A., I think that's really the main thing. <laughs> uh, they're going to be able to attract, I believe, more free agents to their team. You mean free agents to- don't want to go to Jacksonville, Mark? What do you mean? Uh, I don't think free agents are going to be running to go to Jacksonville. Um, not to say that they can get guys, but I think they'll have to overpay more. Like you saw, they had to overpay for Christian Kirk to get there. Right. People are talking about how he's not worth this. What are they doing? Well, when you're a team like Jacksonville, you kind of have to do that to attract some talent or you're not going to get nobody. So they have to overpay. I think uh, L.A. won't have to do that. And when you consider, obviously, it's L.A., uh, SoFi Stadium, Justin Herbert. So I I think when you consider that, I have to give them the edge just off of that alone. I'll go Jags here and I'll be really quick. I, I think there's going to be some coaching changes in LA that kind of keep them in that turmoil. And I think they're going to have to see Kansas city twice a year before Jacksonville. Ultimately they have an easier road to the playoffs because their division is softer. Um, I think that that more, that more likely paves a road for them to the playoffs nine times out of 10. Since we're talking about opposing teams, not the chiefs, let's keep it up with the Buffalo bills. The team that was the betting favorite to win the super bowl at multiple points this year a team that we thought was scary and came to Kansas City earlier this year and won the, the Super house Bowl. On it. They, they won the Super Bowl earlier this year, so there's going to be a different Super Bowl champ <laughs> later this year. No, realistically, we talked about this last pod, and I don't want to say we we saw it coming, but maybe some foreshadowing, just a lot of emotional uh, and mental wear and tear for that team. Offensively, they weren't as consistent as they had been in points earlier this year. The elements come in, Joe Burrow comes in, and now they're at home. So we're asking you, Mark Gunnels, a two-part question, but we'll start with this one. What went wrong for Buffalo, in your opinion? Yeah, so what went wrong? I mean, a lot went wrong. Uh, It's a defense. I mean, their defense was decipated at the end end of the season. Obviously, no Von Miller. They did have Poyer out there, but he wasn't healthy. No Micah Hyde. Obviously, we know DeMar Hamlin. So they were on their third string safety at that position. Then, like I said, you mentioned Novon Miller, who they went all in for. That was the guy they got to be the closer to yeah. get over that, that Chiefs hump, right? And now you didn't even get to the Chiefs. You lost to Cincinnati, a team that I think people, for some reason, didn't give their proper respect to before the year, even though they went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> like it was about the Chiefs and Bills, Chiefs, Bills, mainly the Bills, though, right? And people just forgot about the reigning AFC champs, and here they are again. But I think that's the main thing, their health. Now they have a lot of money tied up. They already they paid Josh Allen. That contract's going to start kicking in here next year. They're not going to be able to really attract much talent, man. And then on the offensive side of the ball, Josh Allen, beginning of the year, he reverted back to his old habits from last year. But this year, then he was doing great, getting his check downs, you know, not looking for the home run ball. That's kind of the thing we were talking about Mahomes last year, right? When you saw those two deep safeties, Mahomes wanted to be greedy, but he finally figured it out. It did rear his ugly head in the AFC title game, but for the most part, he did clean that up. Same thing with Allen this year. Started off pretty good with the check down. Midway through the season, once his elbow got hurt, for some reason, he reverted back to the long ball, not being patient. And we know the Bengals, that plays in their hand defensively. They want to give you the short stuff. They're not going to give you anything over the top. And Josh Allen, when they got down early, 
he couldn't stay patient. And that's the result of why their offense wasn't moving the ball down the field. A lot of good stuff there. And we don't have to harp on this very long AFC championship week. Buffalo will be a good team. Buffalo will be back. And I think we need to just sometimes hit the R-E-L-A-X button on one game sample sizes because the conversation has completely shifted now as. Yeah, they're saying they're so close. That's ridiculous. Quarterback <laughs> re-rankings have been changed around. People are saying Allen is no longer X. Allen is no longer Y. Allen is no longer Z. I still think he is one of those quarterbacks that can get you close. But but they're in the range now, and, and this is a very tough part um, uh, of being in, in one of those ranges. Is like Buffalo is good enough to make the playoffs every year, but are they great enough to win a Super Bowl every year? And you'll maybe decide it's coaching. You'll maybe decide it's playmaking. I see Richard Wilson in our chat right now talking about no running game. The Bills need a consistent running back. Yes, I think sometimes that two stable backfield of, of Cook and Singletary left, left much to be desired. I was a fantasy guy who was trying to jockey between them two all year. So trust me, I understand it, how inconsistent it was. Uh, I, I wonder also if they have a, uh, if they have, we know they have the top end guy as far as a Stephon Diggs and a Gabe Davis. Who, who's in the middle? Is Dawson Knox good enough to get you there? We One of his key plays in the divisional round. Uh, this The game against um, Cincinnati most recently, that, that was a butt, that was a butt whooping. It, it, wasn't, yeah. it, it wasn't a game that was competitive. I mean, the, the first two drives for Cincinnati established everything. 14-0, I think that was the first time uh, Buffalo had been down that large since early in the year against Baltimore. It, it, it wasn't a pretty ending, but I think there are some salvageable things for Buffalo and maybe the sky isn't necessarily falling as badly as people think. Do you have do you have Burrow over Allen as of right now? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I just think with Joe Burrow, it comes down to decision making and who I trust more. And, and I, we know Josh Allen has a habit of those red zone turnovers, getting a little reckless with the ball. And you know what? It's kind of a gift and a curse, right? Because he has all the physical boots. Right. He could do anything on the football field, but sometimes that could be his detriment because he knows he could do that. So instead of doing the simple things, he tries to be Superman too much and it results into turnovers. Joe Burrow, on the other hand, knows he doesn't have those physical traits. So he plays within himself, which means he doesn't turn the ball over as much and he's more accurate, more efficient, gets the ball out quick. So that's why I think it's a difference there. But before we move on, I will say this, though. I do think we got some uh, clarity now, right? Because remember, there was this conversation about the Chiefs got handed the one seed. If that game would have continued Monday night, I think it's safe to say the Bengals would have won that game. It's going to be something that we will look and follow to see for years to come. I think this is what happens when you have an elite guy in your division as well, like a Patrick Mahomes or – if you want to put Joe Burrow in that category as well, there's going to be a lot of guys underneath who you'll say, oh, they're really good and they could have won a championship. Why didn't they? They ran into these elite quarterbacks oh, like a Joe Aaron, Burrow, like a Patrick Holmes. One more question for you. One more question for you. I know we were talking about it earlier. So since it's not happening now, the game in Atlanta, Camaro was talking about how this may be a new thing moving forward. The fact that the game didn't happen, that's still a thing now? It's going to be harder for the league to pull it off now because we didn't have the fruits of the labor, right? We didn't have the perfect situation where it just happened, so let this be a test run. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if the next CBA, when that comes around, maybe that got that gets sneak in as a bartering chip. If you say, oh, the players want this, 
Um, in addition to we know the owners next time around are going to try and get that 18th game on the schedule and possibly the two bye weeks with the preseason. We know that's coming up. Maybe, possibly, even though we haven't seen it happen yet, the idea has been floated around enough that maybe fans have started to understand and see where the league is going. It, it, now the fact that it's out there in the universe, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube, in my opinion. Right, right. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, let's just jump straight into the preview. It's a lot here, man. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Oh, it's the one seed Chiefs hosting the three seed Cincinnati Bengals and this year's AFC Championship game. Not deja vu. It's happening once again. But Mark Gunnell's not betting the house this time. It's a 5.30 kick on CBS from Arrowhead Stadium. Chilly day, low of 12, high of 28. Cincinnati's won three straight games against Kansas City. And get this, Mark, they've also won eight of their last 10 against the Chiefs. None of those games will decide this one. A couple stats, we'll get to some sound, and then we'll talk some underdog and some trash talk outside of that. Frank Clark is on the doorstep of history. It's weird to see him climbing up this list, man. I didn't know how like kind of tight this list was, but he's knocking on the door from Terrell Suggs for third most in NFL postseason history. Just needs one to pass him. Got one last week against Jacksonville. Andy Reid's making his 10th championship game appearance, tied for second most by an NFL head coach. A lot of people in the chat raving about Isaiah Pacheco right now. Richard Wilson says Pacheco is the key of winning this week as an X-Factor. I kind of agree with him. And we talked about how important a stable running game is to Buffalo. We know it's important to Kansas City. Isaiah Pacheco took the podium today. That's on Wednesday. And this is what he had to say about the opportunity to play in the AFC title game. For me, um, you know, I've been waiting on this moment my whole life. Um, so for me to continue to be myself and go out there and follow the leaders and 
take it play by play and let the game come to me. One of the big bright spots, bright spots, excuse me, for Kansas City this year, Mark Isaiah Pacheco enters this one um, looking really good, looking really polished, and has a chance to make an impact. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And by the way, uh, we may be freezing for the live audience. I know you keep freezing on my end. I think I'm freezing as well. Uh, the audio is fine though, but just putting that out there. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, I mean, for Pacheco, obviously, you know, this is a guy that's built, that's dealt with a lot of adversity in his life, man. Uh, if you know his story, go read up on it, man. Very, very touching story. And I think that really illustrates his play style because the guy plays super hard. He takes every single rep really seriously. We see when he gets knocked down, he hops right back up. And that must be demoralizing for a defense because the defense, they want to set the tone. They want to hit you hard. They they want you to feel it. And the guy springs back up instantly. So I I think that can be demoralizing, especially now. It's going to be really cold out there in Arrowhead. And if he keeps running the ball, it's going to be hard to keep tackling that guy in the fourth quarter. You're going to to wear down eventually. So I think with Mahomes being a little hobbled, I think in a weird way that forces the Chiefs to use the game plan they should or that they should have used last year against this team when they were dropping eight. Why did you start running the ball? So I I think now that forces their hand to do that, that which could result in a big day for Pop. Yeah, he's going to be crucial to what they do. We, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is somebody that's we has returned to practice. Andy Reid said it's likely Fortson gets the nod ahead of Clyde as far as the open roster spot. Isaiah Pacheco has brought juice since St. Joe. I mean, he's brought juice since it seems like he was drafted in the seventh round and showed up with a trippy red T-shirt to, to trade camp. Um, I asked Juju Smith-Schuster in the locker room after the win about Isaiah and kind of what do you tell a guy who's never played this much football? What do you tell a guy who's entering his first playoff game and is starting to take bigger and bigger carries, you know? And it's one of those things, and I think we may have mentioned this on the pod previously. He's so young, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. He, he's out there playing and he's just having fun and he's absorbing all the coaching. And, you know, he's he's excited to be there and he's – Talked about today at the podium, not just this being the whole moment of his life, but family being there. You talked about his story and journey up to this point. Um, a- absolutely crucial with a hobbled Mahomes to establish the run game and, and just to make it easy on him. Keep Stay ahead of the chains, all the cliches. Um, stay on schedule. It, it, it's extremely important, and, and Isaiah Pacheco is part of that. Another guy on offense who's been important, and I talked about this earlier in the show, who's going to be that other guy across the middle that helps Travis Kelsey established those inside lanes and those holes in the zone. It's Juju Smith-Schuster, who was asked today about the game plan that Andy Reid has cooked up for the AFC title game. It's, it's fire. It's fire. <laughs> it's, it's it, you know, I, I mean, you know, it's Andy Reid. It's Patrick Mahomes. Like it's, it's nice. It's nice. More specifically, Andy was asked earlier this week if he was going to try and, you know, craft in some things to protect Mahomes in anticipation of Buffalo maybe trying to, or excuse me, uh, the Bengals trying to come at him and, you know, maybe jostle at that angle, at that ankle, excuse me. What, what do you think as far as game planning? Are, are more running plays like you mentioned or 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 what do you what do you expect outside of fire? So I don't expect the game plan to change that much from where it should be, whether Mahomes is 100 percent healthy or not. Like I mentioned before, this team has ran efficiently on the Bengals. It's just a matter of how much will they actually run the ball? So I, I do, like I said before, I do think him being a little hindered 
forces their hand, which is a good thing to stick with the run game because I don't see the Bengals defensive game plan changing too much. I don't see them going outside of what they do just because they think Mahomes is 100 percent because they, they got to this point uh, this far two years in a row to switch up what you do entirely based on uh, an injury where you don't know really how much is going to affect him to me doesn't make any sense at all. And it can end up costing you a Super Bowl. So I think they're going to come up with the same game plan, do what they do best, and they're going to dare the Chiefs to run the football. And I and I think the Chiefs are going to have to stick with the run game. I think they will. And in turn, it's going to help Mahomes to where he doesn't have too much stress his ankle. So I, I think that's the game plan. I'm with you on the, the game plan looking similar to what we expect. I, I think a lot of sprinkles around. I don't necessarily see the exact same heavy Kelsey workload, but who knows what the game requires. To me, the thing with uh, the the thing with the ankle and game planning around the ankle is the play after the play, and that's what makes Mahomes so dangerous in general. When the play breaks down and he's trying to extend things, rolling out to his right or left or up in the pocket, um, is he going to have that same mobility? There was a play in that divisional round game where uh, third and three, third and whatever, and plus side plus yardage, and I felt like he could have gotten at least five or six on a healthy ankle, but. It was the play where he kind of spiked it into the ground, or, or or couldn't get the full the full hand on it. I don't think I don't think the Chiefs are going to game plan scared, if, if you will. To me, they come out with the same game plan. If Mahomes is playing, uh, you you factor in him at a hundred percent, even though we all know he's not going to be. Um, I see people chiming in saying Pacheco, McKinnon, Tony, Tony extremely crucial to what they do as well. That change of pace guy. We don't know if McCole Hardman will be back though. He was a limited participant on Wednesday uh, uh, it, it the Chiefs have have given you plenty to chew on and nothing at all because I think that um, there's always extra wrinkles and extra fun stuff that they pull in for this time of the year um, whether Mahomes is healthy or, or whether he is hobbled yeah 100% I mean we hear all the time how Andy Reid you know people are saying does he hold things back in the regular season is there this secret playbook that he keeps around for the playoffs, right? You know, there's always that conspiracy theory out there. And But I do think there is some truth to it, though. I, I do believe that there are some things because we hear it all the time how, you know, Kelsey and Mahomes are talking about how they're always pitching out new ideas for new plays. They have to improve it. And he's always cooking up new stuff. So, you know, I, I do think you are going to see some new stuff out there this week with all the chips on the table to go to the Super Bowl for the third time in five years and to finally get over that hump over the Bengals, right? You're 0-3 against them. So I, I think it is a little personal as well. Speaking of personal, and look at you in your in your transition bag. It's, it's, it's like he read the rundown before the show. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I do my homework, man, you know. Speaking of personal, speaking of 3-0, and there was, there was a little nickname that was made um for GEHA field at Arrowhead Stadium I'm not sure if you heard of it uh no, I didn't hear it enlighten me what's it called Mike Hilton was seen in the NFL films video saying see y'all at Burrowhead Burrowhead being a mold between Joe Burrow's last name and Arrowhead Stadium this has riled up Twitter and let, let me set you up I, I can see you warming up already Skip Bayless hold on Give me, give me a little, little more room for setup. Yes, th this is riled up Chiefs Kingdom, and people have been talking about this since we went live. Um, David and Angela say, Burrowhead, that's insulting. We need to bring the Bengals back down to earth. And players were asked about it today. 
Um, Justin Reed had a quote that basically said, yes, we've all seen it, but we let our play do the talking. And to me, this definitely seems like corporate messaging from the inside out. We know there have been times in the past where there has been quote unquote bulletin board material, but maybe just maybe Mark Gunnels, and this is where I'll give you the runway to go ahead. Maybe just maybe it's different this time because of who the opponent is. The team that knocked you out last year on your home field, the team that you haven't had success against recently, and the team that once again is in your way of a, of a third trip to the Super Bowl in five years, as you mentioned. Yeah. So if you're a Chiefs fan, I think you have to like the way the roles have reversed in this game as far as the buildup throughout the week, right? Because last time these two teams played, we know what happened. Justin Reed started popping off at the mouth, right? Then Jamar Chase caught him a tuna in the can, and the rest is history, right? <laughs> so this week, you obviously got the Burrow head. You know, you got Eli Apple going crazy on Twitter towards the Bills, but still, you know, it's a lot of noise over there in Cincinnati this time around. While the Chiefs today at their press conferences kept everything close to the vest, shout out to Justin Reed. He didn't say anything to give us some extra motivation this time around. He kept it very political. Um, and I think that's the way they should go about it. Because, I mean, let's face it. They really have no room to talk trash to this team. They beat them three times the last three meetings. They knocked them out last year on this very field that they're calling Burrow ahead in, for the, in the AFC Championship game. So the Chiefs have to take it a business-like mentality. Don't give anything extra. Keep your head down. Go to work. And prove them wrong because look, the narratives are already being painted. People are already trying to say if the Bengals win this game, we have to call Joe Burrow the best quarterback in the world. There's no longer Patrick Mahomes. How can I say it if he's four no against them? I know That's- that makes you sick. Yeah, you, you can't even sleep right this week because no, just thinking I, about I Joe Burrow possibly being <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm tossing and turning every night, Aaron. I, I can't stomach the fact. They'll be 0-4 against this guy, and I'm going to have to hear all summer how Joe Burrow's now the guy. I, I can't stomach it, Aaron. So, yes, this win, I-, I honestly believe this, and I think a lot of Chiefs fans would agree. I think outside of winning the Super Bowl, no, they, they beat the Niners, this may be the most satisfactory win if they Chiefs win outside of that game, considering all those factors, though. You're 0-3 against this team. They've been talking a lot of trash. They're calling it Burrowhead. The narrative between Joe Burrow and Mahomes. I, I really think that Chiefs fans want this win almost as bad as the Super Bowl. Obviously, not as it's a different level, but it's damn near close. I would reach to agree with you on that one. I think this one has gotten to that point to where it does have that rivalry feel. This one would be extremely gratifying for Chiefs fans. I think not only because it's um Cincinnati but also it pairs with the fact that they're being doubted again once again for the first time in a very long time since I would say against since training camp at least as far as this year is concerned the questions are around can Kansas City respond can they build around or can they help support Patrick Mahomes when he's not exactly 100 percent and win a game where Cincinnati is the better team in my opinion. And I had this conversation with Pete the other night at char bar, which does deserve more love. And I tweeted that out as well. Cincinnati's the better team in this game. That win against Buffalo was the most impressive win of any team. This NFL season, the, the elements, everything around it, 
the fact that they had the game that was postponed or not finished before um, shutting down Buffalo in the way they did, holding Josh Allen at offense to just 10 points. It was the most impressive win, and that's why they are talking all this cash money right now and why they're calling it Burrowhead because they feel like they just won a Super Bowl. So for 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 Kansas City, who's now an underdog, catch them catch them while they're lacking, catch them while they feel like they won the Super Bowl already, and, and while everyone else is doubting you. Let's get to this Mahomes sound talking about underdogs. He was asked on Wednesday about what it felt like to be an underdog uh, going into this one. I mean, every time I walk on that field, I don't I don't think I'm an underdog, especially when I walk on Arrowhead's field. So uh, I just go in with the same mindset of we're going to play our best football to win. Uh, we know we're playing a great football team that's beat us the last three times. Um, and so we have to learn from our mistakes in the past and be better um, in order to, to win against a great football team. They're underdogs, but to me, a lot of it has to do with the ankle. I think maybe this is a, more of a pick em if – he was purely healthy, straight up 100%, but I think the ankle instability and uncertainty has led Vegas to kind of lean Cincinnati's way. Though I do think that they are the more, uh, they are the better team right now, Mark. Yeah, so the Vegas lines on this have been moving like something I've never seen before. I believe it started off at Chiefs minus two or Chiefs minus one and a half. Then it shifts to Chiefs minus one. Then I think it was at a pick em. Then it went to Bengals minus one. And it went all the way up to Bengals minus two or two and a half, I believe. And then now I think currently it's Bengals minus one. I think by game time, it'll probably be a pick em. I don't think Vegas knows what to do with this game considering the ankle. So it, it, like a, it's going to be pretty much a pick em. But at the end of the day, um, are the Bengals the better team? I mean, after last week, I can see why you say that. But I will say this. It looks like the Chiefs will be pretty much fully healthy this game. Right. And they, that wasn't the case the first time these two teams met. But the Bengals also didn't have Joe Mixon in that game as well. So I have to be fair there. But the Chiefs didn't have Joe Tooney in that game. They didn't have Kadarius Tony or McCole Harmon, who looks like he may be trending in the right direction. So we'll see, man. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, obviously, at home, I think they probably are going to maybe lean Chiefs minus one. I know I said probably pick them, but it depends where the money's but at the end of the day, man, it's two great teams. It's always going to come down to this. These games always come down to execution and who makes that mistake or two, right? It's always one or two plays. All three games have been decided by three points. So if you're on the Chiefs side, you're saying if we can make those one or two plays. This could easily have been 3-0 on the Chiefs side. And you're on the Bengals side, you're saying, well, we just execute better in these moments, right? So you come in with a lot of confidence. So I think it's going to be one another close nip and tuck game to the very end. A lot, a lot, a lot going on in the chat right now. If you're not rock, rocking with us on Wednesdays at 6 o'clock on Arrowhead Pride, you need to be. We're obviously in your podcast feed wherever you get podcasts the next day. Um, talked about since he's win last week being the most impressive of the season. Michael Wake says, what about Chiefs over 49ers? That was a pretty convincing win. I think that was before Garoppolo got hurt a long time ago. Brock Purdy obviously took over. They found out something with him under center and I've gotten hot down the stretch. I just think last week, all things considered playoff football, a more impressive win than a regular season game uh, a couple of months ago. We're talking AFC championship preview and I want to get our injury update in here. We're going to talk Mahomes ankle fully now and how it impacts that game before going to Vegas with Mark. A lot of stuff here on episode 42, the bet the house edition. Let's get it. Bet the house on it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wednesday injury report is in. That's when we record this. Obviously, this is our subject to change. McCole Hardman noteworthy that he is a limited participant on Wednesday. I saw some reports that he was fielding punts during the media window. Any shot that Kansas City could get to get him back on the field would be a good one. We know what he can add to their offense. Willie Gay, Patrick Mahomes, and Jarek McKinnon all listed as full participants. Patrick Mahomes being a full participant on Wednesday is no surprise to me. He talked about receiving around-the-clock care for that ankle, which is usually a six- to eight-week injury, depending on the severity of it. We didn't get the details on the grade. Andy Reid did say that there were no fractures in the ankle, which was a good thing, but high ankle sprains are usually not injuries that guys come back and play that very next week on. It does happen. This is not the first time a player has ever sustained a high ankle sprain. Yes, I know other fan bases are absolutely sick about hearing uh, Mahomes being painted as the only guy that's ever played through a high ankle sprain. Um, but it, it, it's noteworthy to me that he'll be uh, – he, he's a full participant already at the first one in the week. Um, for Cincinnati, I see a couple of DNPs, DJ Reader, one of them, uh, Sam Hubbard, a limited participant, and Trey Flowers as well. Um, injuries, anything you want to go here uh, as far as a jumping-off point for the for the AFC title game, Mark? Yeah, so I'll start with Mahomes, obviously. I think it may not be as bad as people thought initially. Uh, he even said it. He felt a lot better than expected the day after and up to this point. And I, I will say this, too. Normally, guys that have high ankle sprains, they normally are in a walking boot, and they're definitely not in the the, the low-top Adidas that uh, Mahomes has, right? <laughs> the gold one? Yeah, like, yeah, the red bottoms, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> they're normally not in the really after the game so I do think that is a telltale sign that it is probably not as severe as initially thought and um the main thing for me outside of that McCole Hartman we got to get into it right I mean that was a pretty pleasant surprise we were talking about it last week you were under the pressure that he's done for the season I told you hey let's calm down a little bit let's do a little yellow light lad on that one uh to use one of your phrases there and you know depending on what you see on the Twitter streets or not, it looks like he's going to play this week. And I think that is crucial because now you have another red zone threat. We already know about McKinnon and Kelsey. Now you have another guy to account for plus Kadarius Tony. And I've been waiting all year to see Kadarius Tony and McCole Hardman out on the field at the same time. So it, it looks like he's trending in the, in the right direction. A limited participant on Wednesday would be crucial. Absolutely critical to get him back in the fold. Uh, no, he was dealing with the injury and then the setback and then having to uh, sit and watch guys. We talked about um, his versatility in the jet sweep game and all that stuff. The more the more weapons, the better for for a hobble Patrick Mahomes um, to try and get him to try and get the Kansas City offense ahead of schedule and all that good stuff. I wrote here I, looking back at the last three matchups and some common threads. Um, obviously, Cincinnati three and zero over the last three against Kansas City. Each of these games decided by three points or in a different way and um, tried to go back and look at well, what can we take from those games and apply them to this game. That 2021 game in week 17, the one where, Joe, uh, the one where uh, Jamar Chase has the big catch and spurs them on, it, it felt like there was a one part in this game that we could take and extrapolate over each one. For me, it was the tackling. And I know that's a very broad thing and, and guys are going to say cliche or whatever, but in these games that have been decided by four or five plays, which most games in the NFL are at this point in the playoffs, 
the tackling is extremely important. Nick Bolton gave voice to that today. He took the podium on Wednesday talking about them missing a couple of plays. Chris Jones in the past has not been shy about saying how that miss sacked against Joe Burrow motivated him through the offseason to get better and try and come back with a different mindset. If I had to circle one thing as a common thread between these last three that Cincinnati has been able to pull over Kansas City, finishing plays when you get there. Because it, it, I, I can't say that, that Kansas City has been out of any of these games. And we could even circle the last one that they played in this regular season and say, well, Travis Kelsey's fumble helped get Cincinnati back in the game. I would say if, if, if Kansas City can make the plays when they're there, uh, maybe they're on the, th- the winning side of the three-point margin this time around, Mark. Yeah, and shout out to Kay Floss in the chat. He said Chris Jones needs to go beast mode, and I totally agree with that. You know, he still doesn't have a career postseason sack. And you mentioned how Frank Clark is fourth all time in career postseason sacks. If he gets one this week, he actually moves to third, Aaron, all playoff sacks ever, which is unbelievable to even think about. But yeah, I'm glad you brought up tackling because. Both of these, it's important for both of these defenses because let me let me give you a couple stats, Aaron. I did my homework. Ooh. What would you say if I told you the Chiefs were number one this year in yak yards without Tyreek Hill? They were number one in yak this year. And the Bengals were number seven in yak. So obviously tacking is, tackling is a major emphasis for both teams considering both offenses love to eat off yards after catch. Yeah. In, extremely important and, and Andy Reid's offense is predicated on getting guys in space you're talking about bringing a guy back into the fold like a McCole Hardman it's all about getting him one-on-one and making corners make a decision it's all about lining your three guys up against their two guys and creating those points of attack creating those points of uh, confusion for a defense yak is extremely crucial to what the Chiefs like to do because it's all predicated on speed and spacing ready to go to Vegas let's get it <laughs> Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elite Church. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. I'm done giving you the reins, man. It might be cooked for you. You might be cooked food. To be fair, last week was I got screwed over by Mahomes' injury. Come on, let's be real. Let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it real, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mark went one and two last week. Here were the picks. Mahomes over passing touchdowns two and a half, which obviously he was hobbled and it, it, it did impact that. But Patrick Mahomes finished with two passing touchdowns, so that missed. Evan Ingram pick was over his total receptions at four and a half. He finished with five. It was close, but it counts. That's a winner. And then the spread. This was a bad beat for sure, and I know a lot of people swung on that one. The I think eight and a half was the number that we gave you. And that late field goal made sure it was only a seven-point margin. So Mark goes one for two. The season total on the year is 23 and 30. And unless we start doing like some mega props for the big game or or something like that, it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long. Oh, are we adding your week though? Is that is that counting? Yes, that included that included <laughs> my week, Mark. Yes, that included my. Oh week. my gosh. <laughs> All yes, right, well, that included my week. So well, let's get let's get your three picks. I know we're kind of buffering or whatever here. Yeah, I'm gonna ISO audio, out so audio. you can uh so you can go ahead and just give your give your three picks for the week. All right, so my three picks this week. I'm going Chiefs money line first. I think the Chiefs win this game. I think for all the factors we mentioned earlier, 0-3 against this team. 
they're due, right? They have to be due. Back-to-back years at home, same team to go to the Super Bowl. They've been a lot talking a lot, calling a Burrow head, the Chiefs keeping it to the script. Not I think they win this game. You're getting your weapons back potentially in McCole Hardman. Give me the Chiefs straight up to win the game. No spread, money line. Then as far as player props, I'm actually taking the under on Mahomes passing yards this week. They got it at 278 and a half. I don't think this is going to be a big Mahomes passing game, obviously, with the ankle. I think they lean more on the run. And even when he was 100% healthy against the Bengals the first game, he only threw for, I believe, 230 yards. You know, he doesn't have these major yardage numbers against this defense based on how they scheme things up. So I don't think – I can't see him going over 280 in this one. So I think the number being at 278 and a half, I think it's a little too rich considering the ankle and previous history against the Bengals. So give me the under there. And I'm taking the over. I'm surprised they got it at 0.5 still, considering he had two touchdowns last week. Travis Kelsey touchdown. Give me the over. I think he gets in the end zone. They got it at 0.5. He had two last week. I know he had that little slump there for a while, but now you're getting some more guys back, it looks like. So you can't just solely key in on Kelsey in the red zone. So I feel very comfortable with him getting 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 into the end zone. So my three plays, Chiefs money line, Mahomes under on passing yards at 278. Give me the over on Kelsey touchdowns at 0.5. I don't have anything to say. They're picks. We make them every week here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. I feel good, but we got a busy chat here. I want to get to some of y'all comments, criticisms, questions, and concerns, as well as some leftover notes here. I thought this one was interesting, and it's just – it's one of those don't take it for granted moments, Mark. Since 2011, the AFC Championship game has only been at three stadiums. Gillette Stadium, Mile High Stadium, and Arrowhead Stadium. Three. Yeah. It, 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 since 2011, <laughs> only three places have had it. You can't add Atlanta to the list thanks to that. Oh, not to mention another year where Mahomes has still not played a role playoff game. <laughs> Nuts. Absolutely nuts. Mark uh, Charles Burton chimes in and says, Mark, you have to represent KU better. Don't let Mizzou Aaron show you up on the picks. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. I've already done it. <laughs> he only did one week. Like, come on. <laughs> he also said tackling and turnovers are key to the dub. I agree with that one. Um, my pick will come out officially in our Arrowhead Pride predictions page. Um at the at, I think Saturday or Friday when those come out, but I'm gonna take the other side. I hate to be that guy, but I think Cincinnati's the better team. I think they also win by three again this time. But we'll see, man. It's fun. It's exciting. I think these teams are close. Wow, uh, Aaron, that 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 hurts the kingdom's heart. You only get one chance. Says I believe the Chiefs were up double digits all three games. If they play mistake free, they win by ten easily. I just don't see this as a ten point game. I think these teams are much closer than than uh, the kingdom wants to believe. And it, there's nothing wrong with winning a game as the underdog. I, I know I know it hasn't happened very much recently, Mark, but it, it's a new position that 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 they can win from. No, 100%. And that's why, honestly, I feel a little bit more solace in picking the Chiefs on the money line here. I think with the roles reversed, um, just, I mean, you don't need extra motivation this time of year, but anything you can get to add on to the bullets board doesn't hurt. So give me the Chiefs. But it's going to be a good game. I can't wait. You'll be in the building. Aaron will be bundled up with his best gear on. It's going to be like, what, 15 degrees out there? Brutal. Absolutely brutal. I saw 16 at kickoff. 
And maybe this one comes down to the trenches. Cincinnati has some offensive line stuff going on. We hadn't squeezed that in. Kansas City has their offensive line stuff of their own. Andy Reid went on Tom Brady's podcast and said the offensive linemen need to feel that as far as uh, Mahomes' ankle injury. They need to up their game a little bit. I tweeted that out, and Orlando Brown liked it. So I, I know that they the message has been received as far as the offensive line trying to step their game up. Do the trenches look important to you, Mark? Oh, 100%. I mean, especially this time of year. And I think the Chiefs should have the advantage on both sides of the ball. I mean, you have a top five offensive line. Their, their offensive line is banged up. I know they look good against the Buffalo, but the Chiefs' D-line is better than Buffalo's. They were second in sacks this year. You have an all-pro guy in Chris Jones who has to step up. You know, this is his moment. He's been waiting all summer about this game, right? He said it's stuck in his crawl that he couldn't bring down Joe Burrow. So here's your time. I'll let you go then, man. I, I tried to jam as much as I could in. I know it's a, it's a busy week. A lot of people trying to clamor for all uh, all the Chiefs covers they can get. Y'all can follow us on social media. I'm sure Mark will have like eight or nine more spaces before the game. How many more spaces you got planned before the game? Uh, probably uh, four or five. For Aaron Ladd and Casey, Mark Guttles in L.A. If you get Aaron on one of the spaces, you hop in and talk. <laughs> Maybe. Talk to my agent. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs>